Hi, I'm Derek Arcurni. Welcome to Shamanic Innovations. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Shamanic Innovations. I'm your host, Derek. And this is a special audio video um, recording here that I'm doing. Kind of saves me a little bit of time. Um, for those of you who are only on the YouTube channel, go check out anchor.fm where you can find the Shamanic Innovations podcast. And for those of you who are only on the audio, go to YouTube and search for Shamanic Innovations. I should have my um, YouTube page there where I'm putting all of these videos. So, um, hope everyone's doing well. It is currently the 20th of... Um, October 2019, 4.16 p.m. And I kind of wanted to share a little something with everyone. I hope everyone can hear me on the YouTube uh, video here. I'm trying a little something to where I can hopefully get some volume, audio, and everything out. So, as I said, hopefully everyone can hear. Um, but yeah, you know, we're going to try doing this here. So, yeah. <laughs> so today, um, I'm actually just getting back from a retreat that I have been gone for this weekend. Um, it's an uh, ayahuasca retreat. Uh, this is my second time really working with the plant medicine there, ayahuasca. And I, I found it to be a really transformative experience. Um, a lot better than the first time even that I had a chance to try this. Um, mostly, uh, for one, I went into this experience with a lot less fear of the, uh, medicine there. Um, I'll say that the first experience that I had, I was very rigid on it. I was very, I got caught up in, you know, kind of the hype and, you know, if you want to say the YouTube-ish of it, um, you know, people will kind of say everything to you. Um, man, you need to diet for, you know, 20 weeks before, two, three weeks, yeah, but you need to diet for all this time before and, you know, cut everything totally out of your life completely. Just give yourself to ayahuasca. Um, which some of that, yeah, you know, I can agree that you probably don't want to go have the meat lover's pizza the night before. You probably don't want to, you know, suck down 20 beers the night before. Yeah, you know, um, probably better, you know, if you are on a um, really intense psychoactive medication or even intense pain medication, give yourself some time away from that. Um, for me, I decided I want to give myself some time away from cannabis. Uh, I'm a medical cannabis patient here in Florida. I have been for a little over a year. And though it does have some great benefits to it, it also can have, you know, kind of a bad side to it. So I want to give myself some time away from that. Um, and also, you know, to just kind of clear my head up. I have some things, you know, especially this coming week that are coming up here and some other things that have just been going on in life that I wanted to clear myself away for. And I wanted to be able to go into the ceremony kind of, um, you know, in a pure and clean sort of mind state, heart state. Um, you know, so that sort of thing there. Uh, you know, it'll tell you, hey, you know, I mean, you'll hear things online everywhere, you know, cut out everything, cut out, you know, your exposure to uh, violent imagery, news, different music even, 
Um, you know, I've done kind of well, I guess, in myself in my own life of getting away from watching daily news. Uh, you know, it does help me out a little bit to not be in that industry anymore, personally, to where I don't have it exposed 24 7, 365. Because that's the expectation when you work in the business is that you have it constantly on. Um, you know, whenever I talk with people, you know, in the business still, they're telling me that, you know, they're watching two, three, four programs a day before going into work, reading six newspapers, checking 12 websites, all this before going in and spending the eight, nine, ten hours a day at work. Um, and, you know, I really kind of got to the point where I just, yeah, that was too much. So, you know, it was easy enough to say, get away from that. But at the reverse of it, um, you know, for me, I'm kind of a social media nut, <laughs> per se, um, you know, which we all are in a sense. Uh, it's very easy to live on Facebook because, wow, this is how you get all your information and this is where you get your entertainment and this is where all your friends are and this is where you're communicating with people and they got Messenger and they got Instagram and they got WhatsApp and... Yeah, it's just so easy to kind of get wrapped up in that, and you need these things in order to communicate and survive in our modern age. Um, but it can be kind of a bit of a hassle there. Um, so uh, it, with that being said, yeah, I had a good collection of, I'll call them memes, pictures, whatever, that I'd already saved up and kind of just made the point of, okay, I'll put the one up, maybe two up here, there, just so that I can say that I'm alive. I, you know, had some statements that I even took some time and typed up, but had them all saved, you know, to go before, um, before anything went out there. And there's actually one that I have saved right now that will probably go at some point now that I am back. Uh, a bit of a personal testimony of that one there. But, you know, I wanted to make sure all that was kind of gone out of sight. And I actually had some help with this, I guess, from life, in a sense. Um, I had some issues with my phone Thursday night and Friday morning where it was starting to restart again. So, oh, I need to go and, you know, get the phone situation taken care of and get, you know, an actual working line because I was going to need it for this weekend and this next week. Um, I have a really important call on Tuesday that I'm going to be making here or that's going to be made to me and I need a working phone line for that when it's not going to be restarting. So uh, with that being said, you know, I didn't really have full use of my phone on Friday, which kind of helped me to get away from a few things. Um, and it was really easy for me to say, hey, listen, people of my life, I love you all, but I need to push y'all back a little bit. Um, I did have one friend in particular who probably doesn't really understand what ayahuasca is and thinks that everything that's not of whatever is, we'll call it, pagan, satanic, devil worship, whatever. Um, that sort of stuff I like to smile at and just kind of nod and give a silent chuckle. Um, it's one of those like, how can I put this nicely? If you tell me you're a flat earther, I'm going to give you a silent chuckle and then remind you that the Flat Earth Society has members around the globe. <laughs> so it's the same sort of thing. If you tell me that, you know, spiritual things are not good because they don't fit into your idea of spirit, I'm going to laugh and give you a silent chuckle and smile and, okay, well, 
Easter's also pagan, and so is Christmas. So, whatever. Um, so, in that kind of... Um, it, it was good because it did actually, you know, having that sort of discussion with that friend there, um, you know, he was a bit argumentative of it, and it kind of put me in the state of, wow, you know, there's this negativity. I need to get away from that. So gave me a reminder, gave me more emphasis of, wow, this is why I'm going to this, is to get away from a lot of the negativity, a lot of the, you know, doubt, a lot of the doubt that other people are going to have in me, a lot of the forceness that other people are going to have. Because people will want for you to, you know, conform to their modalities. They'll want for you to conform to their way of life. They'll want for you to conform to whatever they believe. So it does not matter what it is, you know, um, there's a big thing, you know, if you are a Christian, you know, the idea is that you're supposed to walk the path of Christ. And a lot of people, I find, instead, will talk the path of Christianity. Um, so it becomes almost talking the path of their Christianity and, you know, what they see and what little box they want to fit it into. Uh, and this is why we have a lot of separation right now, not only within Christianity, but just in the world in general, is because everyone tries to fit things into their mold. Uh, so, you know, having that sort of negativity kind of reminded me, hey, you're going to a positive experience, get away from that, you know, and do this because this is the truth that you want. Um, I wanted to have this truth basically... You know, the thing that I've always heard about ayahuasca is that it's in a way a conversation with God, um, which I've been having conversations with God since birth, probably. Um, but it's in a good way a conversation with God where you're able to sit, look at your life and look at the things that are going on, see the, you know, the good and the bad, see where you can make changes and move forward from there. Um and one thing, you know, I will say with the ceremony that we went to, especially, ayahuasca is presented as a neutral medicine. Ayahuasca does not have a religion, um, you know, which I, I totally get into. You know, ayahuasca has the same religion as the tree outside, which is the same religion I have. And if you don't get that statement, then you either need to go sit by a tree or drink ayahuasca and probably do both of them at the same time. Um, because, you know, to me, it, you know, it's kind of a native thought, you know, an original thought, indigenous thought of, you know, religion is not something that you put into a box. Religion is, you know, whatever you want it to be. Spirituality is whatever you want it to be. God is what you want it to be. And God does not want to be put into a box. Christ does not want to be put into a box. Buddha does not want to be put into a box. You know, these people are teachers. These people are spirits. These people are great. But they don't want to be conformed into, oh, you have to do these things just like this. No, it does not work like that. So I definitely wanted to have the experience where, you know, I was able to get out of that box and get a you know better connection with God, creator, source, however you want to, you know, insert favorite deity name here, as I like to call it. Um, I, I like using God. I like using Christ. You know, I, I grew up in a Christian home, a Baptist home even. Um, and it's just something that's kind of stuck with me. And even as I have traveled out into the world, um, you know, the, the little lines, you know, the fine print does change, but the basic message becomes the same. Treat others well. Treat others how you want to be treated. 
you know, respect yourself, respect others. You know, that's how you actually show the respect for God. And even down to the, you know, title there, um, I can remember, you know, the first time I actually went to a mosque, I didn't see the word Allah anywhere, but I did see the word God everywhere. So let that sink in, folks. So anyway, um, I, I went to the ceremony here, and I knew basically from my last ceremony that I'm someone who, you know, I'm what they would call a hioka, um, which is a very powerful form of empath. Um, hioka is another native term. It kind of means sacred clown. Uh, the hioka is someone who might disrupt the ceremony. They're going to make faces at the medicine. They're going to you know, lie on their back and do crazy stuff or whatever, great. And, you know, in our kind of more modern society, the is the person who will show you the facade. They'll show you the mirror. They'll show you things that, you know, need to kind of come out in the sense that they're not going to live by the stereotypical rules of society. They're going to live by their own rules and society will fit in. But with that being said, the Hyoka will also... Um, help you see society, you know, as it is, and help you integrate into that. Um, and it's a very powerful form, you know, it's pretty much a medicine man or shaman in itself, being a hioka. Um, but even, you know, with that being said, if I'm going to be, you know, a great spiritual type being, you know, that I am here on this earth, um, and in times I need help, and times I need my own, you know, guidance, and times I need to learn things. So that was a big reason for me wanting to attend this. Um, I wanted to be able to come into this situation and leave it with a sense of hope, uh, with a sense of maturity, with you know being able to kind of grow up in a sense and get past a lot of the pains, traumas, whatever of my lifetime. Now, if you are unfamiliar with the pains and traumas of my lifetime, Go check out my podcast, because I'm sure I have an episode or 20 on all of that. Um, you know, there's only so many times that I can discuss losing a father or being sexually assaulted or losing a mother or losing a, you know, car accident kind of crashing through my life, divorce, you know, only so many times I can discuss these things. And really, the more that you discuss them, the more they kind of weigh into you and the more that it becomes a circle of, you know, whatever. There's only so many times that you can go over, man, you know, I really wish things would get better until, you know, it just keeps coming down. So I, I didn't really want to go spend a lot of time on that. Instead, go check out the podcast. But, uh, you know, I'm still wanting to get past these things. There's still a, you know, gradual process. Um... And it's like with any process, really. It's like with anything that we go through in life, uh, especially, you know, things with our brain, with our mental health right now. It, you know, nothing's going to be fixed easily. Um, the going thing right now that we have in our society, you know, we have this big push on mental health. But the idea is that, oh, you're going to see a psychiatrist one time. They're going to give you one bottle of pills and that's going to fix everything. You'll no longer be depressed because you're, you're going to take a pill. not how it works not how it works instead you end up addicted to what becomes six pills at that point uh so <laughs> you know for me it's been a struggle of hey how can i 
truly heal these things that have happened in my past, not just throw Band-Aid upon Band-Aid on them, you know, but truly have some healing, truly find a way to move forward in my life. Um, and it was, you know, it's been kind of an interesting journey in a sense. Uh, like I said, I wanted to, for this journey especially, go into it with a clear head, you know, not go into it full of cannabis and anything. Go into it with a good diet, you know, not just scarfing down a Toskino's pizza the night before or whatever. You know, just actually take this seriously and go into this really. Um... Because I have decisions that I need to make here, you know, in the next week, couple weeks, you know, month, whatever. I have things that need to change in my life. So I want to get some sort of strength and power in order to do these things, really. Um, so I, I went to the ceremony and, you know, went with our family here in the local area, uh, Tampa Familia. And it was really, it was really cool. Um... We had a really good teacher with us, um, Darwin, who in the beginning of the thing said he was not a shaman and then did all the things that a shaman's going to do. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? Maybe you are a shaman. But you know what? Maybe the channel is called Shamanic Innovations because I'm finding the shaman in myself, you know, finding that healer within myself. So, and that was really, you know, a big point of his message there. Uh, he's a musician. And I'd made a point to pick up a couple of the CDs here, you know, so I'd have some music to take home with me. Um, but he's a musician. And, you know, it really was a good time for me to be around that sort of energy uh, as a creator myself, having music around, having good music, live music, you know, from an established musician with CDs and stuff was a really positive experience. And you'll find that musicians really, you know, they are real healers and teachers in themselves. Um, I'm a big Prince fan, and, you know, anyone who's listened to Prince can say that he was a teacher in itself. Um, I'm also a big fan of EDM, and anyone who's ever been to a rave can probably say that it's probably a very healing, magical, religious, even experience, spiritual experience. Um, I'm also really big into punk rock and I'll even call it pop punk rock. So give me green day all day long. And you know, that's my church right there. That's my experience. That's my depth. So, uh, you know, music's always been a kind of constant in my life per se. So it was really good to be around a musician and it was really good, um, in a sense of, you know, having the different medicines that we could work with. Um, I We'll say that ayahuasca is something that you can work with within ceremony, um, not necessarily something that you want to do, you know, by yourself. Uh, I'm sure that there are people who will say, hey, you know what, let's go smoke some DMT and that'll give you. No, it's not going to give you the same experience. You know, I'm sure that somebody's going to be like, hey, you know, I'll give you this and you can go sit in your room by yourself and do no, not going to be the same experience. You need that community. You need that family sort of experience you know you need people around who've done this before who can guide you through it you know um you need to know these things just because if there is something negative that you're pushing away you need to be able to push that away in a safe manner um you know if there is something that's going to come up you need to be able to address that safely uh and just you know health wise you need to be able to have people around you that understand what's going on hey you know what they know what happens when you're, you know, getting well and they know 
okay, you need this water, you need this, you know, food, you need this medicine here. You know, these are things that are going to help you. So it's a good experience for that. Um, the experience that I had here, we went, and like I said, this was a retreat. So I've been gone for a weekend, um, which I want to thank my neighbor for checking up on my dog for me. And I want to thank my dog for, despite that, leaving a mess in a couple places in the house for me. Thanks, buddy. Um, not too bad. I was able to clean it up pretty quickly. That way I could get seated for the uh, video audio session here. Um, but, you know, I was able to get out there. It's about an hour, a little over an hour away from where I live on nice farmland, so away from society, per se. Um, you know, I did have a cell phone reception, which, you know, was kind of, which was good for me to have uh, as far as being able to check in some bits, you know, as need be. But also, you know, it was good to not have full reception and not have, you know, the phone constantly in my face, in my lap, everything in hand. Um, be able to kind of explore other things and so I, I got out there Friday evening it's now Sunday so I've been gone for a couple days um, and we did a ceremony Friday evening once getting in uh, this was kind of a light ceremony it was really to introduce us to the different uh, medicines that we were working with um, I say we had ayahuasca, which was the the grandmother, you know, it's the main drink that you're having there. And then usually your, you know, medicine people will bring different things with them from the jungle that they feel can help. Um, there was repe, you know, it's a um, kind of a bark and herbs and stuff that you know is kind of blown into the nose. Um, Sangera which you eye drops so drop into you know drop like one into each eye and then you kind of blink and open and you're supposed to clean the eyes there um there was another i'll call it the tequila i do not remember the name of this but it basically tasted like tequila but you dropped it in your nose and opened up your nostrils um there was a fourth medicine that um, I did not pick up and I'm kind of wishing that I did. This was a spray that, you know, was kind of sprayed into mouth there. It's supposed to open up the vocal cords, uh, open up the, you know, the throat chakra there, allow you to be able to speak more, but also good for digestive and everything. Um, and it was kind of when I was driving away, I was like, man, I probably should have got the spray. But I really didn't like the spray at the time. It did, just did not taste well. Um, thinking about it, it's like sometimes it's not really the medicines that you want, but the medicines that you need. Um, and you know, your medicine people will a lot of times offer you different medicines that they can take home with you and, you know, helps you to integrate into things. Um, there was a fifth medicine that I picked up here, drops, that, again, I cannot remember the name of this. Maybe someone can help me out with it. But the idea is a couple drops under the tongue each evening. Uh, supposed to help with sleep. It's also supposed to help with just getting away from, you know, overusing, you know, different things, especially cannabis. Um, you know, not to say that, again, not to say that I won't go back into using cannabis again ever in my life, but I definitely don't want to abuse it. Um, so this can be something that's helpful in that there, you know, and like I said, something helpful for sleep. Um, I do plan on taking this tonight to go to sleep probably before I even think about having a cannabis just because 
I, you know, could use a good bit of sleep. Um, because it's been a couple days. Um, we, we camped there at the site, and because it's Florida, we get rain. So there was a tropical thing in the Gulf that happened to come on just in time for the weekend, Friday night to Saturday. Um, so I, despite taking a tent out, I did not set up the tent outside. We all camped indoors inside the house there, which was very gracious to the host to allow us to do that. Um, she opened up her home like if it was ours, you know, wonderful. Um, now with that being said, I probably should have taken the cot out of the car and brought it inside the house to sleep on instead of just sleeping on the floor. But you know what? Fine. I'm at least indoors. I can sleep on the floor. Um, but yeah, we had a very light ceremony on Friday just to kind of introduce ourselves to everything and get comfortable, get relaxed. Um, how he said it was, you know, you're taking the medicines with your eyes closed because you are sleeping. And then on Saturday, you know, we woke up and we hit it. You know, we had breakfast in the morning. It was really light, fair breakfast. Um, and then we really got busy, you know, within ceremony and played probably every tune off of these CDs plus another CD that he had for sale. I just didn't want to buy because two should be enough at that point. Plus probably other songs, you know, he said he broke out a new song for us there. So, um, you know, a lot of music that you know we went through and the thing is all this music's in Spanish I speak un poquito so you know I can understand like maybe one two words here there um, I wanted to though take this home because at least I could you know look at the title maybe try to look up some of the lyrics you know try to get an understanding of what I was hearing there uh, because you know lyrics are important music is important in that um, but like I said, it was a really good time. We were able to kind of join in everybody. Yes, he had his guitar there. Um, I brought my djembe drum. Another uh, brother of ours, another friend, brought out his more traditional native drums, you know, ceremonial drums there. Um, there's some like shakes and maracas and stuff, you know, rattles. I actually had a broader rain stick with me that I broke um, before arriving at the ceremony there, so I wasn't able to use it. Um, fun times, but you know, it, you know, we, we had a good time with that. People were up, you know, they're dancing, clapping, singing along. Really great experience. Um, it really does become like a big family reunion type party to have this sort of thing there. Um, and you know, the speaker did, you know, he spoke a lot about love. Um, there was a few things that you know kind of touched me in there. Uh, one, um, we a lot of times, you know, this becomes our I love you or, you know, the hard hands, the little, you know, kind of aloha, I love you type of thing. Um, and the other gesture that we have is just flipping the bird, the F you. Um, and really it, it became a point of changing that from being, uh, symbol of hate, you know, changing this from being, I hate you, go away, fuck you, whatever, into being, and I love you, and I respect you, and thank you, um, you know, where we're walking around for the weekend, and we're like, I love you, thank you, you know, kind of it's this inside joke to ourselves, um, but also teaching, hey, you know, sometimes you have to stick that, we'll say, underneath the shirt, you know, and just, 
if somebody is giving that back to you as hatred, you know, then you have to give it back to them as love. Um, and this is very important because people will give you things in life as hatred. They will, you know, hate everything that you stand for. They will show you hate towards who you are, what you believe in, you know, the goals that you have. Um, everything just becomes hatred. And it's sad, really, um, how this world is, is that, you know, there's so much of that built in. Um, I like to think that a lot of the hatred especially come out over the past few years, especially because of politics. And even with that being said, it's like, hey, listen, don't even bother with the discussion. Just show love, you know? And if somebody's coming to you and they're saying, oh, you know, president this and, you know, the lady who ran for president is that and blah, 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 whatever. You know what? Just show them love. You know, just show love. And even if it, I love you, thank you. You know, if they're like, fuck you, it'd be like, I love you. You know, it's so weird to think of, but it's so easy. Um, so, you know, that kind of helped out there. But just also, just in the deals of, you know, family, friends, People are going to, you know, even if they don't really try to say it as a fuck you or as a, you know, the grady, that's how it comes off at times. You know, I go back to the example with a friend of mine. Uh, I'm sure he meant the best in, you know, wanting for, you know, say whatever beforehand. But at that time, it did not come off as the best. At that time, it came off as, dude, really? Okay, I've already said that I will speak to you once I'm back on Sunday and you're still harping, what the fuck? And instead it's like, you know what? I love you. I don't care if you are crackpot crazy and if you are telling me I'm going to hell for the umpteenth reason, whatever, I still am gonna show you love. So it just becomes that sort of thing, you know? It becomes this sort of thing where, you know, People will tell you, hey, you aren't able to do this. You really can't take care of yourself. You should have someone else take care of you. Know, have, you know, go, go have government take care of you. Go have you know, people take care of you. Go find some relationship where you know, the man's going to take care of you. The woman's going to take care of you. Whatever. Go have your kids take it. You know, instead of actually taking the time to care for self. And that can be very frustrating. It can be very frustrating when you have people in your life who insist that they are going to be the ones who care for you. And sometimes you have to kind of say, you know what? I love you. I'm grateful for you. I can take care of myself. Um, so that became kind of a, you know, a big message there is, you know, just being able to say, I love you. I'm grateful, you know, for you. And even if you were going to show me negativity, I'm going to take that and return it to you as love. Um, and you don't have to throw the bird of every time you say I love you, by the way. But, you know, that really just got the message across to me was, hey, you know what? Even if negativity is being shown at you, return that back as love. Um, so that's one thing that I can say that I've learned from this experience here. Another is, you know, just being able to have that love within self. Um, a lot of my time, a lot of my experience on this earth has been a bit angry um, just at life, just at the traumas of life. You know, again, if you don't know, go check out the podcast. But a lot of my time has been just, man, you know, this didn't go right, that didn't go right, ugh. 
and it really started to take a toll. Um, you know, this existence here, this life will have you think of a million and one things that are horrible, and it will give you that entire list back as, man, you know, I'd rather put a bullet through my head than go through this, go through that. You know, I'd rather put a bullet in my head than move here or, you know, work there or not work here or have this person say this or whatever. And really, you don't want to do that, but you just want the pain to go away. I totally bleeping get it. Um, and I actually kind of had a couple of experiences before going into ceremony that kind of brought that into mind. One was having a close friend of mine who had a family member put a bullet through their head. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, wait a second, uh, we can joke and jest all we want about these things. And it's very easy, especially in the stand-up comedy world, to make the lighthearted joke of it. But the reality is that nobody really wants this. So, you know, it becomes a, man, rather than go through this pain, I, no, you don't want that. Um, so instead, you have the experience with ayahuasca. And it is that conversation with God because, you know, for 99.9% .9 of us, we go through life with the thought that we'll die and we'll have that conversation with God in the end where we'll be able to see ourselves back and figure out the good and bad. Well, imagine being able to have that conversation, have that life playback and not have to die. That's how I lost it right there. Um, so, you know, you are able to have this. And you're able to have it in a way where you can grow and see, you know, the bad, but also the good and be able to see, you know, things where you can make positive change and get a kind of hope for this positive change, hope for this future. And hey, you know what? I can do these things. They're going to work out. They're going to work in my favor. Boom. I, I can have these things happen. You know, I don't need to give up yet. I still have work to do. Um, so that was one thing that you know I was kind of shown there um, I was shown you know as I said a lot of the anger that I had been going through and just you know also ways to kind of get through that um, I had a couple of days before ceremony I was really nicely given this little um, journal book here uh, creating a healthier life step-by-step -step guide to wellness and it, it has a lot of pages on, you know, in front of things that you can do. There's a little handy-dandy chart that says, what is wellness? Uh, there's different factors, emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, environmental, financial, occupational, and social. And, you know, it goes through, like, you know, different things, how you can improve, you know, where things are going wrong, how you can make changes, you know. If you want to change, make changes in your physical health, what can you do with nutrition, activity, and sleep? Uh, what can you do, you know, for your education, brain exercises? You know, are you working? How's your debt? How's your, you know, uh, living in the environment? Do you need to make a change of scenery? You know, get outside more, get inside more. Um, you know, what are your spiritual practices? You know, do you attend any sort of spiritual practices? Do you do anything for yourself, basically? You know, what are you doing out in the community, you know? So, uh, you know, it gave a good way for that, but also it gave some paper where you're able to write. And that there, I just took advantage of because it gave me an opportunity to just sit and think, 
you know, especially before ceremony, um, I'll say this was written probably about 10 a.m. before. Um, I wrote a full page just on, you know, hey, what am I doing with my life and where do I feel? And, you know, you know how, how closed have I been and how I need to open my heart. And then another, I guess I skipped a page there, but another page after, um, just all after ceremony, like, hey, you know, how do I feel now? And, you know, the anger that I've had to sit with um, and realize it was really grief and realize it was really, you know, based on things of the past that just need to be left behind. And, you know, what can I do better as a person, you know, to improve myself here? So that was really great. Um, but something that was even better, I guess, for me, was to kind of sit with my creativity a bit. Um, I never really considered myself an artist until maybe this past year. Um, it was maybe about a year and a half ago that I first really picked up a paintbrush. Uh, before that, I, you know, maybe it tried spray painting a little something here, or oh, I'll paint a wall there, you know, but it was always like the same old beach scene, nothing too crazy. Um, never really thought to express anything other than, you know, maybe painting the same little beach at sunset, you know, or whatever. Same little palm tree over and over. It didn't really come out into mind. And, you know, even with that said, it was like, oh, well, you know, um, no one really likes my painting. I don't really, you know, I never really had any training, no talent, whatever. So I'll just leave it alone and... I'll go do something else, you know, and I, I got into trying to do music and, you know, all sorts of things there, and doing glass art, all sorts of things there, um, and those were the things that I tried, and I actually had, um, just to give myself a little reward for getting through the week, you know, of being able to stay strong and, you know, all this pr preparation, I went and did a glass building class uh, the Thursday night before. I got the book the Wednesday night before at a conference, and I did the class building class Thursday night before. So um, those are two things that kind of get me out and about, you know, where I wasn't just stuck at home with my thoughts the entire time. Um, and I still have to go pick up the glassware. I'll try to get some pictures up somewhere. It'll be on Instagram, I guess. But, um, you know, I was really excited to be able to do that and be open and out in public with that there. But I never really got into painting before the past year. Um, and I had an opportunity December of this past year. Actually, wait, I had an opportunity um, last summer where I was at home, just one day bored by myself. Um, I had a friend who came over probably even a year before or some months before. And he happened to have left some psilocybin mushrooms at my house. Um, never really thought to do it, you know, outside of the party scene, just with friends, whatever. But for some reason that day, something said, hey, go, you know, it was like a Saturday afternoon. I'm at home. I got everything I need. I've already, you know, done my shopping, got food, whatever. Something said, bring up psilocybin. All right, fine. I broke up psilocybin. About an hour passed, it kicked in, and I had a music festival on YouTube, and you know, there was this person on the festival there 
uh, in the corner where they were painting on a painting. And that same voice came back and said, go get your paint. And I forgot that I even had paint at home or canvas or anything. But just on my visits to the dollar store, um, I would just go and buy like one little item here, one little item there. So I just happened to have a canvas at home and some, you know, tubes of paint, some paint brushes, whatever. All right, fine. I'll see if I can paint something. So I went and tried to paint my little beach scene that day. And I put the beach scene away and I didn't really touch it for, you know, a few months after that. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, I painted this beach scene while I'm still alive and ha ha ha. And, you know, I have to remember that psilocybin is also a plant medicine that we can use, you know, especially if done right in ceremony, not done in the party terms, per se. Um, cannabis is also a plant medicine that we can use, not done in the party terms. Um, everything can be a medicine if we make it. So I happened to have a sweat lodge ceremony that I attended this past December. And I wanted to attend the ceremony just kind of as a cleansing purification to get rid of the toxins of that year and get myself more in tune. Um, and when I attended the ceremony, I was really inspired. I was really moved to come home and paint. And I remember like I went to that ceremony and I came home and, you know, I had... Um, a friend of mine drive me out back because I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to be after that. And I was actually kind of happy to have him do that just because of the um, experience there. You know, give me some time to rest. But at the same time, it was a bit of a hassle because now I have to talk to this friend. And, um, you know, really, if you, you know, if you ever want to know how a ceremony is, don't ask someone, just go. But of course, you know, in our 3D world that we live in, we don't want to ask people how, I mean, we don't want to just go to these things. We want to ask someone. We want it detailed every experience. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm sitting here is to give detail is so that I don't have to do so, um, you know, on tape or whatever. I can just, you know, say it once. And if somebody wants to know, then go listen, go watch, whatever. Uh, but you know, the friend wanted to know every detail of this experience. And I was like, oh my God, okay, well, let me try to think back. Okay, so he broke out the medicine, and I did this, and sung the song, whatever, and I'm tired. I don't really want to talk, but I'm forcing myself to talk to this person, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, that's cool. Well, let me tell you about all this. And, you know, and you got to hear about everything that's going on in their life, and you got to hear the new song they just heard on the radio. And it's like, I don't really want to hear any of this. Oh, great. And then I came home, and, you know, um, I had my girlfriend here um, at the time, you know, and she's like, hey, I want to hear all about it. And, you know, and like my body is um, pretty much vibrating at this time. We'll call it buzzing at this time, you know, and all I wanted to do, I remember all I wanted to do was get up and go paint. And all she wanted to do was lay on top of me because she wanted to absorb my energy because I was buzzing at the time. And I remember being so upset about not being able to get up and go do this because she's on top of me. So I, I like lay there and took it for that night. And the next day, I think I shut the door to the uh, studio and I didn't come out until I painted something. I painted the little sweat lodge ceremony there. You know, and it was like, it was like oh, what 
Exactly. Listen, I, I, all I've been wanting to do for the past 12, 18 hours since I got home is paint. Instead, I had you laying on top of me, so I need to just shut the door and paint. Oh, well, that, you know, great. So, I said, I had that, you know, sort of experience there, and everybody wants to talk. Great. Um, and my first ayahuasca experience, actually, you know, kind of along the same lines, I had the friend of mine drive me because it was an overnight ceremony, and I, you know, knew I wasn't going to be able to fully sleep and recover. Uh, so, once again, hey, tell me all about it. I got to hear everything. Got to hear everything. Oh, wait, before you tell me that, you have to hear this great two song I heard. You got to hear about the story. And I went out and got drunk with friends, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to hear any of this. Ugh. And then that time when I went to the ceremony, I watched the ceremony, um, girlfriend lives out of town, but she wants the video chat. So it's like, hey, I got a video chat and I got to see you. Oh my God. And I'm just like, oh my God, I just had to sit through fucking, you know, my friend in the car. Now I got to sit through this video and, you know, I don't really want a video chat. Can we just thought, no, I got to see the video chat because I want to see you. Da, 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 and I got to tell you all this stuff. Oh, and by the way, did you hear there was a shooting here? There was a mass shooting and a this and a that and a Walmart and whatever. And like, I don't want to hear any of this stuff. I just want to go be in my own little circle by myself and integrate to myself. So, I can say that one thing, um, you know, good with this experience here was that it was over the weekend, so I was able to kind of camp and be away. And I was able to explain to these people like, hey, I love you. I love you. <laughs> But I need to go integrate on my own. I need to have some, you know, me time on my own. So I love you. You're not going to drive me. I love you. I'm not going to video chat with you right now. I love you, but I'm going to have some time where it's just me once I get back. Um, you know, because I think that's important to just kind of get away from everything. To get away from, you know, the distractions and the people, you know. Uh, you know, that sweat lodge, I came home and... You know, I wanted to detoxify, and the first thing that happened was my girlfriend's handing me cannabis. And it's like, I really don't want this, but whatever, you know? <laughs> I guess, you know? And now you're laid on, I really don't want you to lay on top of me for five, eight hours, but whatever, you know? I'm not it, no, no, but whatever, you know? So with this, it kind of gives the voice of, hey, you know what? If you don't want something, say it. Um, and you know, get away and get away from the people and just kind of have that sort of experience and time on your own. So I feel good about being able to do that. I feel good about being able to get away from, you know, the people and, you know, I'm at the house now. Um, I hadn't really messaged anyone to say that I am home. I did message say that I was leaving on my way home, but you know, great. You'll find out I'm home when you find out I'm home. Um, but I was able to kind of get, you know, a sense of me, in a sense, um, but also get a creative sense here. And it was something that I really was wanting to do. Uh, as I said, I went and I did the sweat lodge and I was able to paint after that. And that really kind of clicked on a light bulb in me to where, man, I really want to paint. I really want to draw. I really want to do art, you know. And I started to kind of explore that a bit more, you know, especially over this past year. So, you know, I went and, hey, you know, here's the typical thing. You're no longer buying your canvases from the dollar store. You're going to go to Michael's because, you know, you can get them a little bit better quality, a little bit better price. You get your paints a little better, better brushes, whatever. You know, I still haven't bought the easel yet. I'm still using just whatever I can find. But, hey, start doing these things. Um, 
And I'd always been interested in having a nice sketchbook. Um, is something that artists do have. Um, I have an oil painter that I follow, and she has the same sketchbook Sundays where she goes through and she makes a really great oil painting just in her sketchbook, you know, just to kind of show you that it can be done. But also we'll give like kind of a chat just on what's ever going on in her life, you know, what she's thinking. So, you know, I was able to watch a few of those. Another artist that I've been watching on YouTube, uh, he did this whole thing where he was traveling, talked about the different paints he was able to bring with him for sketching while traveling. And it inspired me to go out and buy a sketchbook of my own. So here we go. And, you know, uh, it was this Carlson XL multimedia, uh, multi paints, you know, rough, rough, rough paper. This is a seven by 10, you know, a little bit smaller than what you'd have, you know, for your normal pages, but I got 50 sheets in it. So it gave me some room to kind of play with. And I really kind of, fell in love with the idea of, um, I want to try out using watercolor pencils because it's something that I never really tried before. Watercolors kind of eluded me in a sense. Um, you know, I've always liked the look of watercolors, but I never really understood how a lot of it worked. So, uh, you know, I went to this and I started just making little sketches of the scenery that we had there. You know, the room that we're in, guitar, um, some of the flowers that, you know, were brought in. Uh, this is actually, I did Saturday morning, you know, just to kind of try out. Um, I did this sort of scene here. This is kind of a scene of the outside. It actually looked a little okay before I added the water, but I did want to add the water just to kind of see how it did look there. Uh, but a scene of the outside, with the water and grass and everything. Um, I did one of the shaman there, and this was actually like really cool because I got to show this off during the ceremony there, and I got to show him that, you know, and I was like way deep into the ayahuasca at this time, you know, had a couple cups, and I'm just like, oh man, you know, and stuff's starting to move, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, great, and he kind of looks at me, he's like, what are you doing, and I just like held it up, and he's like, oh my god, you know, that's me, and I, I'm probably going to end up, you know, I almost sent this, just gave him this one here. Um, but I had a different idea that I wanted to do with these here. So I did that. Um, I did one with his wife who also was in the ceremony there. Took a quick sketch of her. She was sitting next to a drum and then read at the drum there on another page. Um, I did one, I'll flip a couple ahead, where uh, one of the guys was wearing a necklace sort of thing, so I tried to make a drawing of the necklace there, you know, flip back a little bit. Uh, there was this one part where I was really starting to be hit by everything, so I did my own abstract here, and you know, just some of the abstracts with the colors and things, and I really want to do that more to show, um, I made a point of buying this little uh, arm bracelet thing here. These are supposed to be like intention bracelets. Um, it doesn't fit my wrist, otherwise I'd be wearing it right now, but I wanted to have the intention of painting this thing, you know, and it was something that I thought of in the last ceremony where I really wanted to paint the ladies of the last ceremony and I didn't take a picture of them. I didn't draw them or anything, you know, it was a really intense time last time because we were outside with the fire and everything. So I wanted to do something like that 
but also being inside, you know, it's like I just wanted to have the patience of the inside. But, you know, I wanted to make sure the colors correctly. So, you know, I did the color, bought this so I would have the colors there, but also took some of the time to make the abstract. And then the final thing that I did, and I did not water this one down. I just did the drawing of it. But I've always kind of been afraid of myself. Um, I don't really get into how I look. I, you know, am very sort of down on my own appearance. Um, kind of down on myself in a bit, you know. And it's just, I, I never really felt like I've grown into being the man that I should be, the man that I've wanted to be. Um, and, and that has a lot to do with, you know, just how we perceive ourselves in society. You know, right now I find myself at 42 in a situation where, by textbook definition, I'm a bit alone. You know, I'm unmarried, in fact, divorced. I don't have children. Uh, both of my parents are passed on, so and since I'm an orphan adult. Uh, and I don't really have a close relationship with siblings. You know, I have a half-brother that I'm somewhat, you know, speak with, close with, but we're not like super pack buddy close. I have another half-brother, younger one, that again, I'll speak to when I can. Um, that younger one actually lives with my sister, full-blood sister, who I am not close with at all. We really had a falling out um, around the time of my mom's passing. And a lot of that I've taken personally. Um, you know, and it's really hurt my heart in a sense to have that sort of instance happen. Um, a lot of it, you know, I can't take fault for, but still will do anyway. You know, it's a lot of pain and trauma and resentment that my sister has to work through. And, I, you know, I didn't really understand that. I just knew, hey, you know what? I must be at fault for something. Um, but with all that being said, and hey, you know what? You fall into the society here where you're meant to think that you are a failure because of these things. You know, I'm meant to think that I am a failure for being 42 and not married, being 42 without children, being 42 and not having that close, you know, bond with siblings, uh, being 42 out of work, being 42 stressed out, being 42 not having finances in order. I can keep going. Um, you really fall out of favor with yourself and you forget, you know, to love yourself in a sense. Um, and, and one thing really, you know, that I've noticed in a lot of artists is that they will take the time to show you how they look. You know, the self-portrait is a big thing with artists. And I never really took that time in myself. Um, you know, even as a kid, I, you know, if you asked me to draw myself, I would just draw a stick figure because who cares how I look? Yay. You know, never really thought of it. Um, I have one thing that I'll call a self-portrait you know, I painted some time ago, and that's really just me taking a bunch of different colored paints and, you know, going over the canvas, and then drawing a little circle stick figure face and calling that my self-portrait. But I never really took the time to, hey, how does this look? Does this look like me? So, I don't know. Give me your thoughts. What do you think here? Um, obviously, if you're on the podcast, you're probably going to have to go over to YouTube to see how it looks. But I took the time to just kind of draw myself. And, you know, it's really important for me because there's a lot of this here. Um, you know, just thinking like, you know, we are called black in this society. 
And that's something I've struggled with because if I take out a black crayon, a black marker, a black paint, whatever, it does not match my skin tone. It matches my hair, but it doesn't really match my skin tone. So finding, you know, tones and different things, finding colors that match my skin tone is really a challenge, you know. Um, you know, finding like, like burnt umber, burnt sienna, you know, raw umber, raw sienna, you know, sort of browns that are around, you know, mixing those together. The red ochre really, I think, is more, you know, my skin tone if I had to just take something out of a bottle and stick it next to me. Um, but finding this sort of things, you know, that can match you are important there. So it was really important for me to, you know, make this, make this drawing and maybe you know in the future make a painting of this because you know this is me and i'm wanting to find me um you have to know who you are if you're going to love yourself there and you know i think a lot of that is something i've gotten away from i've gotten away from the idea that i just need to love myself instead it is well you know what derek you don't have this you're not living up to that you know no you know instead understand that you know the person that you see there is you, and you have to love that person. You have to unconditionally love that person, um, because otherwise, no one else really is going to. You know, they're going to say they they love you, but you know, they're only going to love the image of you that they make. Uh, they're only going to love you if you fit into their goals. They're only going to love you if you conform to their rules, instead of it being you unconditionally loving yourself, and that's what's important there. So. You know, as I look at this here, and, and I drew a heart also. I didn't have a chance to actually color in the heart, but I started drawing a heart. Um, but yeah, as I look at this here, you know, I'm going to take this out and put it in something to protect it um, because I want to keep this here because this is me. And I have to learn, you know, hey, you know, those are my green eyes inside of there, hazelish green eyes. That's my, you know, brownish color skin. You know, it's my facial hair that's grown in. Um, you know, that's me. I have to, you know, those are my wrinkles on the side of the face here, you know. Uh, you know, these are all parts of me. my hair that's thinning. These are all parts of me. And, you know, these are all things that I have to love within myself. Um, this is, you, you know, we all have to love these within ourselves here. Um, you know, this is, my, and this is my talent. You know, I have to love this artistic talent. Now, as I come home and I look around my walls, you know, there's not just one little beach scene that I painted on mushrooms, but there's, you know, probably a couple dozen different scenes, different parts of life, you know, a couple pictures of Prince, there's a picture of my mom and I, you know, where we're dancing in my wedding, and even though I got divorced, I still have that memory, and even though my mom's gone, I still have that memory, you know, there's more beach scenes, not just, you know, the one palm tree that, you know, keeping, and I repainted that palm tree sober, um, off mushrooms, you know, just me, was able to paint a better version of it with better paints, and I can keep painting that now, but just also, you know, here's the sunset, here's the sunrise, you know, here's the beach, here's the waves, here's the birds, here's some dolphins, here's a little cove, you know, I painted a television set so that I don't really have to watch TV, I got into acrylic pourings, I got into sayings, you know, and here, here are the talents that I have. And they're really things that I can explore and I can, you know, fall in love with there. So, you know, and getting into that, I really wanted to have that time and I really wanted to be able to, you know, do that and have that feeling and have that experience and have, 
you know, that medicine work with me in order to bring out these things. So, um, just real quick for the anchor audience, I'm going to stop and restart because you only get an hour apparently to record. moment yeah so thank you all for coming back on the anchor podcast of shamanic innovations i'm your host derek and thank you all for sticking around on the youtube video of shamanic innovations i'm also your host derek and i was just talking about how the medicine was working really within me to open up the artistic talents um you know the sweat lodge that i attended this past december really kind of unlocked that key where I started painting a lot more and you know since then I've done a couple dozen paintings in all different states you know um, some with cannabis some without some with uh, psilocybin some without um, some as I even got into here some watercolors that I did over this past weekend on ayahuasca and some without um, so it was a really good experience there um, to say that, you know, visions and things that you have on the ayahuasca, um, everyone's different. So a lot of people, I know that I talked to people at the ceremony there and they were saying that they were expecting to, you know, have these grandiose visions where they walk with God forever and he answers all of your questions. And it's like, uh, you know. Questions have already been answered. Just drink more ayahuasca, you know. Um, you already know the answer. The answer's already there. You know, so, you know, there's not really that. But I can say along with that, though, there were the moments of, you know, movement, um, visual movement especially. You know, I would close my eyes and you'd have the patterns, the geometric shapes and patterns that would kind of come in, especially as the songs would go through. You know, you would have these things that were kind of, you'd fall into this dreamlike state where, you know, you're seeing these patterns and different things. Um, so that, I could say, happened. Uh, but also in the awakened time, there's the one painting that I did here. Uh, that's really, as I made it, you know, I can remember drawing and the paper's just moving, you know, and. And then I would take the paintbrush and wet it, you know, so I could activate the watercolors and it's really starting to dance and move. Um, and I'd look around the house, there was this one beach scene that happened to be there, you know, that was kind of a three-dimensional painting in a sense. Anyway, but that started to move and, you know, the yoga mat that I was sitting on started to kind of move and things of that nature. And it wasn't anything crazy, you know, there weren't like serpent heads coming out or whatever, but... It was just a little bit of, you know, movement, vibration, whatever, um, some pattern movements, you know, these um, bracelets and stuff, especially, you kind of see the pattern movements in them. And, uh, you know, it was really helpful in that sense there to have that sort of openness there, you know, with your mind and eyes and, you know, senses. Um, you're smelling better, you're tasting better, you know, and, you know, even the foods that we ate, um, there was a lot of, you know, good stuff that we had there. I was a bit 
sort of surprised, happily surprised once we were done with the ceremony. You know, there's baked chicken and salad and pasta. And I'm like, man, I have not had chicken in a couple days or any sort of meat at all. Um, you know, because they tell you no red meat, no pork, no hard drugs, no sex, whatever, you know. Uh, you know, and they tell you, you know, and if you read up, it's like, well, you pretty much are eating like a vegan diet. And if you are eating chicken, it's boiled chicken with no seasoning. And this was like nicely seasoned chicken. Um, you know, and pasta is a big no-no. And this was like, mm, pasta, you know. Um, it wasn't anything bad involved, you know, but it's just really healthy, good food for you, you know, and good fruit and... You know, we had sausage this morning for breakfast, and I haven't had sausage in forever, and I went ahead and just pound it down. Why not, you know? I'm not an egg person. They were all having eggs, and I'm just not eggs. So it's like, hey, you know what? I'll take the sausage. Let's go. Um, but you can taste, feel, smell everything better with these things. Um, one thing I will say also with the Aya, with the grandmother, is that, you know, the lessons don't just happen right then and there. And that was more of the thing that, you know, when I had the people come and tell me, hey, you know, they're not necessarily getting this, that out of the ceremony. Um, you know, that these things kind of come to you later. It's like, yeah, these things come to you later. Uh, my last Aya ceremony, you know, I can remember leaving that ceremony and thinking, well, you know, I didn't really see any patterns, but I did puke once. So I guess I purged out some stuff. And then just later, um, you know, I'd be on the road and something would hit me, like a bit of strength there. Or, you know, I'd hear even just the tuning of a guitar, or, you know, a chord. And it's like, damn, I'm right back into that moment there. Or, you know, I'd hear a song and it's like, wow, man, that moment is great. Um, I'd see something, a pattern, whatever. And, you know, it kind of come back to you. And really a lot of it works through dreams. At least that's been my um, recollection of it. I don't really have a lot of dreams in normal life. Um, a lot of that being that as a kid, I would have these really super intense visual dreams. Um, intense to the point where I can remember as a kid praying to God, like, God, please do not. I don't want to dream anymore. I'm done. I, I don't want to dream. I don't want to have this. This is scaring the bejesus out of me, pun intended. So, you know, I'd have that moment there dreaming, you know, so intensely. And stuff that I even I see now, you know, I can remember from dreams back then. Um, I can remember, you know, having that prayer. That was probably one of my big prayers that I can say as a kid, you know, be like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to the Lord, my soul to keep. And by the way, no more dreams. So as an adult, I almost felt like my prayers were answered in a sense by not dreaming. Now, I'm sure I did dream. I'm sure, you know, things happen. And I'm sure that a lot of those dreams were probably blocked by, you know, whatever sorts of bad behavior I was doing, you know. Um, your dreams are probably blocked by you know, psychiatric medication, dreams are probably blocked by alcohol use, by drug use, whatever. So, yeah, I would just not dream. Or, hey, you know what? You're not getting full REM sleep where you can dream. You're just getting like two hours here, two hours there. So you're not really dreaming, you know. Um, if anything, I might have sex dreams. 
you know, and it just would be like, oh, great, you know, well, that must be why I woke up with a bone urge because of titties, you know? So, yeah, I didn't really have, like, normal dreams. And I started to kind of work with my dreams a bit more in this past, you know, year, year and a half, just to try to see what I could remember and visualize. Um, and as I started to get into plant medicines more and get away from, you know, commercial things, of course, psychiatrics, you know, commercial alcohol, whatever, um, I started to notice the dreams would get a bit more visual and bit it vivid. Um, but, you know, I, I came to me a couple times within dreams, you know, and it, it, like in one, it would just be, you know, the ceremony there that we're sitting in, you know, another might be, you know, just experiences with family and friends. Um, and, you know, we work with, you know, I work not only with ayahuasca, but, you know, just with breathing, breath control movements. Um, I have a shaman that I work with here that works with some breath movements here. So there was one dream that I can remember having recently after a session with her where, you know, I'm at an airport and my mom comes to me. And, you know, I had this sort of, you know, time in the airport, you know, reflecting and looking at a photo album and thinking I should buy it and remembering, you know, strife with my sister and whatever. And then my mom came to me in this dream at the airport and it was... Hey, you know what? I love you. I'll see you soon. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. You know, she hugs me. She kisses me. It was great. And, you know, for that, you know, I would say that was the breath work, but also the Aya. Um, another dream that I can say that I recently had, I was in the house and I had my old drug dealer, my old pot dealer with me. And... I really had gotten away from him. It was this is actually one of the reasons why I became a medical cannabis patient was to get away from him. I noticed that he was just a bad person. You know, he was starting to walk down a really bad pathway. Um, I'm cool with cannabis, but when you're adding in six, seven, eight, nine different other things, you know, when you have your own really bad prescription drug habit that you're trying to supply, you know, with everything else and your really bad cocaine habit and your really bad other habits and you're basically just living off of, you know, badness. You're living off of hatred. Um, you know, you're exchanging welfare cards for drugs and you keep needle kits at your home so that people can shoot up. Then it just, you know, I was like, I don't want to come here to get pot. You know, I don't want to get arrested for all of this stuff when I'm just here for pot. So I decided I was going to become a medical patient for that, but also to find ways to get away from, you know, constantly burning marijuana. Um, you know, I wanted to get into, you know, let's find out, hey, what are these tinctures? Can I take tinctures and actually have them, you know, and still be able to get benefit from that and not have to constantly smoke pot? What is CBD? Can I get into CBD and, you know, use CBD products and not have to constantly burn pot? You know, what, what else is out there, basically, uh, that I can try and I can use to where I'm not just, you know, roll it up, light it up, smoke it up, inhale, exhale, you know. Party can't last forever, okay? So what else is there to use? You know, I want to be able to use my voice and, 
you know, you can't really use your voice if it's all scratchy from smoking pot every day. So what else is there? Um, so that was one of my things. And like I said, I became a medical cannabis patient last year. And Florida's kind of weird in that, you know, it took them a while to get to where you did have smokable cannabis. So once we did fully have smokable cannabis, I fully said goodbye to this guy. Um, and I never really said to him, hey, you know what? I'm going to get a medical card so I, so I can say, I love you to you, but I'm going to get a medical card saying, but like, I love you. Because um, he would just say, fuck you to me. Um, you know, so it just became a thing of, hey, I want to get into that, get away from you. And I had been away from him for a good few months. Um, hadn't called, hadn't had a reason to text, nothing. You know, I think he called me one time, wanted to know if I wanted to go to the beach. And I was, I think it was around a ceremony. So I was like, no, I'm good. You know, thanks anyway. I'll talk to you soon. He's, he's giving me the old, oh, you know, I broke up with my girlfriend again. So now I need to go chase pussy. And I'm just like, if you're still referring to vagina as pussy, then we need to stop, you know. If that's all you're worried about is chasing pussy right now because you're sitting at home drunk, high, on whatever drugs, and you're thinking that I'm going to come drive over to your house and take you to the beach, and you actually want to drive because you like drinking and driving, I'm just going to say no to all this, you know. Uh, you know I, there's a reason why I want to get away from you, and this is it. So I hadn't talked to him in months. I didn't really have a th reason to think about him in months. But I had this dream, actually, where, like I said, I'm in the house, and I'm a big professional wrestling fan, I will admit that. But I'm having this dream where him and I are in the house, and he's like, hey, let's wrestle. And he would try to, like, put me in a headlock, and I'm like, I don't want to wrestle. Um, and one thing that I can say, people have told me that I don't really say no. In reality, I do. But I may not say just no and leave it at that. Um, I, I sometimes have like stages of no, where it's like, oh, no. And you know, you don't really hear that. And then it's like, mm, heck no, you know, or hell no, you know. Because where it's like, I feel like I gotta defend the no, and you're not really hearing that. And then it becomes like kind of this angry no, where it's like, fuck no. And then it becomes like, well, I need to kind of censor myself back because you didn't really hear it because I said fuck. So it's like, bleep no. And then it's like, well, you didn't really hear it because I have to, you know, censor that. You're not really hearing the no because of the censorship. And then it's like hell bleeping fuck no. In which case, I am full-blown mad and you're not hearing it because you're just seeing me full-blown mad and you think it's funny. So at this point, I have to break out the Spanish translation for no. The Spanish translation for no is when you're in a bathroom in Cancun and you know that your wallet is safely in your front pocket and you've taken your money out of your wallet and put it somewhere else safe because you're in a bathroom at a nightclub in Cancun and you have the one guy walking up to you in the bathroom wanting to sell you cocaine in that bathroom in Cancun. And you know that he's going to sell you cocaine, one, because he wants to sell you cocaine, which you don't want cocaine, 
but two, so that his buddy can come from behind you and try to lift your wallet out the back. And you know that you don't even have your wallet in your back pocket. You know you don't even have your money in your wallet because you already know that scam. So you're just like, Spanish translation for no. Which, for anyone who speaks Spanish, no means no. Okay? It's like, it's like they tell people with rape, no means no. Okay? So with Spanish, no means no. Okay? So if you're ever in that bathroom in Cancun, standing there with your dick in one hand and your other hand firmly over the wallet, knowing that your money's not even in there, it's somewhere else safe, and you know you got Paco over here trying to sell you cocaine while Hector is coming up behind you seeing if he can rob you, just break out that n no, 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 just no, it means no, okay? Break it out, that's like the high, that for me is like the highest level of no that you can have in your life, okay? Because if they don't understand Spanish, break them up the French version, which is also no. <laughs> no means no, even in French. I think in German it's like, night means no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you have to break that out sometimes. And, you know, I've always kind of had this sort of issue with people not really hearing the no in me. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I almost feel like I gotta explain the no, and I can't, I'm sorry, no, you know. And you know, they're still gonna tell you whatever. You know, the, the friend of mine that wanted to talk on Friday to try to talk me out of going, you know, despite me saying no, he doesn't wanna listen, so I have to move to, you know, let me explain it. Instead, it's just like, no, we'll talk later. No, 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 this is what I'm doing, no. When people come at you and they're like, hey, you need to do this, you need to follow me, whatever. If it's something that you want to do, break up that Spanish translation for now. Because it still means no. So anyway, back to the stream. I'm in the house and this guy's wanting to wrestle and I'm like, I don't want to wrestle. And, you know, we're going to like another room. I go into another room and he's wanting to wrestle and headlock and a shoulder tag and a throw me against the wall and he's trying to do this and that and you know well let's wrestle let's wrestle and finally I just am like no I don't want to wrestle no and I remember like kicking my feet and moving my hands and just firmly just no and I remember this because I woke up doing this and it was one of the few times where I was so happy to be sleeping alone because, you know, you can only imagine whenever, you know, if you have a dream like this where you wake up and you're like having this sort of moment, it's this PTSD sort of response to life. Um, I've had dreams kind of like this before where, you know, you wake up in the midst of a nightmare and um, you wake up and you're either crying or you're angry. You know, if you're angry and you're trying to like push something away, you're trying to fight, you know, your way through something there. Um, and if you're crying, you're crying. You know, the mom dream I woke up and I cried that entire day afterwards. Like, bawling, crying. Like, I didn't want to talk to anyone, just crying because, man, I could not really take that mom dream. You know, that was way intense. The no dream, you know, with the friend, it was, wow, I woke up and I was almost like, oh, wow. I can't believe it, you know, you know, 
And in that sense, yes, I was so happy to be sleeping alone because, you know, I didn't want to wake up and, like, push anyone else away sleeping there. But, you know, it was this whole, like, no, you know, you need to go away. And, you know, I want to say that was a bit of Aya working through me to say, hey, she's not going to work with cannabis, you know, for this experience. Um, That if I really want a good experience with this, I'm going to at least have to take off some time from the cannabis. Um, And and actually, I did pretty good. Um, I took off for about 13 days. Yeah, I took off for 13 days, pretty much, 12, 13 days. We'll say 12 straight days, and on day 13, I broke. Um, I had a couple experiences that kind of led me towards breaking. I did something kind of nice. I wanted a plasma, do- no, platelets donation. Excuse me, I keep screwing that one up. Platelets, you donate. Um, I went to the donation, and left me a little bit weak afterwards. You know, it's a couple hours, it's like an hour and a half on the machine where they're taking out, you know, blood and platelets from you. And I didn't get a good lunch afterwards. So a little bit weak afterwards. Um, I had a discussion with a friend of mine. It's actually the same friend who insisted to try to talk me out of this weekend's activities. Um, I'll talk to you at some point soon, but we're going to do activities. Um... I had a discussion with him, and after about a good half hour or so of it, you know, I noticed him going off on his deep end. I was just like, I really should have ended it. And every time I thought to myself, man, I really should end this, go get something to eat, um, he'd start on something else. And I was like, I felt really drained by that point. So drained to where I got a knock on the door from a friend of mine. I was actually supposed to go to a concert that night. I got a knock on the door from my neighbor. And it was like that moment of temptation right there. It was just like, you know, because before that, like the door, before the door knocked, I remember sitting here in the house saying to myself, you know what? I know I already paid for the concert ticket, but I am not, I don't have the energy for this. There's no way I can make this. I'm, you know, maybe I'll just go late. Maybe I just won't go, whatever. Like I was really starting to not doubt going. And then I got the knock and, you know, he comes over and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to break for the day. And, you know, I ended up, I broke for like, you know, the weekend basically. So I had to recommit myself back into it, you know, first thing Monday morning, um, which was actually really easy to do, you know. Um, One thing, because of how I did this, I made a point of not really doing it at home, in home, how I had been before. You know, so, all right, well... Well, you know, the friend, you know, yeah, I was outside the house, but once I got back inside, nothing else. Um, you know, I went to this concert, you know, and I smelled around and, you know, I was actually like really fortunate. A lot of people use vapes in this day and age. Um, I never really liked the taste of the vape, never like how it feels. So, you know, I had a friend, had a friend offer it to me at a concert and I'd actually had a discussion with another friend right before of how I was on my way for this journey. And she stepped up for me. I was like, no, he's on a journey right now. He's going to pass. And I was like, thank you. Ah, oh, I felt so good, you know? Um, so yeah, that was Friday. Saturday, I went, you know, and I was feeling good. I went and did the art walk. And then after the art walk, I met, met up with some friends. And um, I, I broke again because, you know what? I'm out with people. I'm not just here doing this whole bit by myself. You know, that really was kind of the depressing moment was 
being indoors by myself, constantly doing this day in and day out, uh, was really starting to take a toll. You know, even now I'm I'm kind of thinking, all right, you know, I'm back, I'm great, whatever, but I don't really want to do it day in and day out like that. Um, and then on Sunday, I did actually break and do a tiny bit alone uh, before going out to the drum circle. Um, because I had this joint that I had rolled, because I figured I'd take it to the concert. If I want to have it at the concert, I would have it. And I walked around the entire concert and not had it. And then I went out Saturday with friends, and they had their own joints. So I didn't take the joint there. So by Sunday, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have a, you know, one little hit at home. I'll take the joint with me, and I'll be fine. And I went to take the joint with me, and my car didn't start. And I took that as a sign of, you know what, Derek? Maybe you need to actually, you know, prioritize some of the things and get away from this, blah, 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 great. So, you know, uh, my car gives me a little bit of funkiness where um, if I get in and out too quickly, stick the key in out too quickly, or if I unlock the door but don't immediately stick the key in to start it, whatever, it just won't start. It'll be like a security feature where it thinks that you're trying to rob the car and it just won't start. Phantom security. So it did that to me, and you know, I was a little bit worried. Okay, what if this happens? I'm going to the beach, I'm going to this ceremony, whatever. Um, instead of having a panic moment, you know, and this is a bit of me working within myself, working mentally, you know, working on ways to cope and manage and things, uh, working breath work and everything, you know, skills that, you know, we should be learning especially in our day and age in this society with mental health versus just taking a pill, you know, how to actually manage these things. Um, you know, I remain calm, assess the situation. Okay, I'll text a friend of mine that is supposed to be meeting at the beach and let him know, you know, what's going on. Um, I have a mechanic that I was able to text and, you know, run through some of the scenarios. Hey, you know what? If I can get it to start, cool. If not, I'll just have it towed out and I'll come out in the morning. If I get it to start, cool. I'll you know, still come out probably in the afternoon, you know, Monday afternoon. So luckily enough, it started. I was able to go to the beach, have the time out there. Took the joint with me again, but did not take the joint with me this time. So I got to the beach and, you know, people are doing their thing and I'm just walking around like, you know what, I really don't want this. And I'm good. And I'm good, and I'm good. And I got home and the joint was still sitting there and I just chucked it in the back of the cabinet. It was like, and I'm good. And I got up Monday and went and did the car stuff and I came home and um, I actually did stop while out. I think it might've been Monday, Monday or two. Yeah, I think it was Monday. I stopped while out because I was like, hey, you know what, D, you're gonna want, you know, this, that, whatever. And, um, again, you're gonna want CBD stuff, so let's stop and get this, that, whatever for CBD. Um, so I went and I stopped, and I had to get to so get the uh, medical license renewed, but I went and stopped and got all that together, and I just put all of it in the cabin. I was like, you know what, I'm good. Um, I had some tincture, like some CBD tinctures that I could take throughout the week, you know, as I remembered. Um, but I'm good, you know, and. I had a good idea how it would be based on doing the 13 days. Um, I knew that, you know, I'd have some stomach cramps and everything. That's really where the CBD helped. And, you know, that kind of helped get me through some of that there. 
Um, I knew I'd have some irritability, you know, but I was able to go get some better food, help, you know, the diet. So, you know, if I had better stuff going in other than Tostino's Pizza, then maybe I'll be in a better mood. Um, as I said, I set up a thing for Wednesday, set up a thing for Thursday, so it gave me things to do during the week. Um, but I also knew, hey, you know what, you're going to be irritable, you know, so, you know, the people in my life, I kind of said to them, hey, listen, I'm going to be irritable for a couple days, you know, or I'm going to need to back off you for a couple days, or I love you, I'm thankful for you, you know, I realize you're going to show me reasons to be irritable, but I'm still going to show you love. And there's something here I'm going to do like this. When you bring these two together, it really does form a mudra of love. You know, it really does form positive love. So, you know, take this and just bring it together and make love. Uh, pick that fuck you and turn it into love. But I, I found myself where I was like, all right, you know, I know I'm going to be a bit testy or tool, whatever. Um, you know, I'll do different things, do different steps, and know within myself what I can do to be a bit better about this. Um, so, you know, I went into this ceremony, good mind, good clearance and everything um, and you know it was a really good time we did the you know different medicines um, drops to the eyes drops to the nose repe up the nose spray to the mouth a couple little drops underneath the tongue and a bunch of cups of ayahuasca and you know the Medicine Man was very generous with his medicines, you know, as much as you want, basically, as much as you can handle. Um, my experience, uh, obviously the nighttime experience was a bit calm, was just relaxing, you know, we're kind of dancing along, I didn't really get well. I might have like spit once or twice, but I didn't really get well, you know, it was fine. The day experience with eyes open, um... I felt like a little bit of queeze in stomach or whatever, you know, but I really didn't get well until the spray. Uh, once the spray hit the back of my tongue, I was like, and he's like, oh, you're making faces. And I'm like, yeah, it's about to make a face right about now. It's about to go out. And sure enough, you know, but you're with good people. They know, okay, take your bag, give you a new one, keep you going, you know? Um... So we went through everything, you know, for like a first time. And I think we might have taken like one more little drink of Aya. Um, and then he released us out for about an hour. Let's say about a half hour to an hour. Um, and then what he told us was to go outside, walk, don't talk to anyone else. You know, just go find little places you can walk in the area. Go have a conversation with God, you know. Go sit by the water. Which is what I did. I went and sat by the water for a little while. Um, I said, we're in a cow pasture area. So it was like a little water spot. And I went and just sat by the water on this one stump. And, you know, I just kind of sat there with my thoughts. Um, and, you know, really just sat there and had that sort of realization. Hey, you know what? Yeah, the world is going to put all this hate in front of you. And it's going to make you doubt yourself. And it's going to make you want to give up. And instead, you know, return back to it with love and, you know, return back to joy and, you know, return back to it knowing that you are stronger and that you do have this, um, that you can control your life and that you can um, really, truly, you know, have those things that you want in your life, that you can honestly, truly, 
you know, have that sort of experience there. So, you know, that was a good part of the experience. That was a good bit of the time. Um, and then we came back inside, and there's some more songs, and some more medicine. Um, and uh, I really, you know, at first I was feeling kind of like normal. Like, yeah, normal D, you know. Yeah, I can tell I had a little something in me, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you're out drinking with a friend and you have that first beer and you, you, you can taste the alcohol in you, but you're not drunk. You know, you're not staggering over. You're not falling down. Your speech isn't slur. You're not like, yeah. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Beer tastes good. Whatever. Great. You know, I to taste good. Whatever. Great. You know, tastes like chicken. So what I would tell her, you know, even like the spray, you know, after she sprayed it in my mouth and I'm like, God, it tastes like chicken. You know, just gonna keep telling yourself, tastes like chicken, yeah, you know. Which really, the spray was horrible, but the ayahuasca did taste more like cough syrup, and I'm a fan of cough syrup. Tastes like chicken, so you know, it was a good experience. Kind of like a licorice sort of taste, like chicken. Moe, I think, is what somebody actually described it as moe chicken, you know, the Mexican chicken, whatever. Spanish chicken. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I had that, and at first, I was just like, eh. Whatever, you know, this is great, you know. I'm gonna draw a little bit and sketch and whatever, and I'm gonna write a little bit and you know, I got my my drum, I might drum a little bit. I don't really know the songs, but I can at least, you know, keep time with the beat, you know. And as the experience started to go and as I started to have more of it, um, you know, I can say we went from Yeah, I came in and I drew this before watering up to I drew this and watered it up, like right in front of them, and they know that I am just, you know, you're starting to feel it, dude. All right, to holy bleeping wow, you know, here's me like laying on the ground, um, or laying on the floor of the place, you know, and I got my um, watercolor pencils just, You know, and the page is starting to move, and I'm activating with the water, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so crazy, you know? And you know, I had a couple people actually come up to me afterwards and like, listen, you know, I never would have even thought to paint during that sort of thing because, you know, it's such an intense experience. So I can respect you, you know, and admire you for, you know, thinking ahead, bringing the stuff with you, doing it, committing to doing it. Um, you know, and just wonderful artwork. Um, and, you know, it really kind of inspired me to, hey, you know what, I want to leave this recording here and go make some artwork. Um, because you really, you know, it really does open up that other side of your brain there. Um, and, you know, and it's just one of those things, I guess. Um, we, you know, we in this society close off those sides of the brain. Uh, we are very left brain, right hand, which is, you know, logic and math and science and conformity and everything has to be this little way and, you know, you have to be right handed. That's how your desk is made. That's how everything's made. It's right handed. And, you know, there's people that I've known who, you know, they've grown up having to learn to be ambidextrous because... In order to conform into society and actually sit at a desk in school, you have to write with your right hand. You cannot 
right with your left hand. And it's such a challenging experience to do so. Um, I had an experience with my shaman book um, that I've been reading for some time where before the last ceremony, you know, they would ask you to write, the world is a safe and friendly place with your right hand, and then come back and write it with your left hand. Because left hand, right brain, right brain's the side of your creativity, you know, it's also where things will get locked into, especially traumas will get locked into. So just being able to unlock a bit of that and open up a bit of that, um, you know, it's a special thing. So for me to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to bring something out here and be somewhat creative while I'm in this state, you know, was a real good experience for me to have. Uh, so as I said, I had that and it was wonderful. Um, really transformative in a sense. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I really found myself... Um, you know, wanting to, you know, just do this more and more. But at the same time, I was at one point laying on the ground, under my blanket, you know, barely able to stick an arm out to grab the paintbrush and hit the water on top of each page, the watercolor pencils, and barely able to take the pencil and make a mark on the paper, you know. But I would still do it. Still do it. Still come up with these things. Um just because I wanted to have that experience there. And, you know, yeah, by the end of it, I probably had, I don't know, four or five, six cups of ayahuasca by this point. And, you know, they were like little shots. And, you know, it wasn't even like a full cup, like a little shot, whatever. But it had enough medicine to where I'd have this sort of feeling. And um, I felt like I was going to need to get well. And, you know, sometimes when you have to get well, it's going to come out of, you know... The purging of your mouth you know from puking and sometimes it's gonna come out from poop and you know they tell you especially with these hey bring a change of underwear bring a change of clothes you know bring some extra toilet paper whatever we were lucky enough to be indoors um, it was right at the end of the ceremony here you know where I'm just like I, I got up from the thing and I remember you know Darwin was talking about love in music and he was talking about how you know if you wanted to learn music you want to learn to play an instrument just play it you know and ask Aya to be able to play it um, you know his journey with the guitar his wife's journey um, you know but also talking about just love and you know family and people you know it was a really great conversation I if anybody recorded that one I'd love for you to share um, if I had thought to reach over and grab my phone which I did think of but it was like almost all the way through that conversation I was like man I really should grab my phone for this one really wish I could have recorded that because it was just that great of a conversation um, and we had a translator there who was able to translate you know when he was speaking but it, it was such a great talk on love and that kind of brought me out of the undercover under cold feeling where you know I want to sit up again yeah I can feel like okay I'm gonna need to purge something but I want to join in and he got to this point where he was like done with the ceremony and I stood up and I remember like I saw it was like three friends basically like I had this one friend of mine who came um, one of the few people there who wasn't Hispanic um, who happened to be there he was a friend of mine I invited and then another friend of mine um, Jesus one thing I love with these ceremonies is that you can spend a lot of time talking to Jesus 
because there's always a Spanish person named Jesus. So, Herman Jesus, good guy. Um, and there's a young lady there also who, you know, I kind of got to know during the time there. Um, and three of them were like, hey, how are you? How was your ceremony? I was like, it's great. I'm going to go in there right now. And I pointed to that bathroom. I went in, locked the door, dropped trout, and everything came out. And I walked out. I felt like 110% better. Um, it was like the best poop I think I'd had in ages. Um, because it got rid of so much that was inside of me. So, you know, I, that was really like the transformation right there. Um, and it was after that. Like, you know, I had that sort of time there and I came back out and spoke with my friend um, who I invited you know to attend with us and ask him about his experience him and I shared a bit of things um, you know and he had to actually take off last night he wasn't sticking around for the whole weekend um, so you know I said goodbye to him and I went back over and I grabbed the sketch pad and you know I saw a reflection of myself in the window across the way you know and I was like you know what I think I want to draw myself I've never really done this before. Um, so I just, you know, pad and paper, and you know, broke the pencils out, and I thought about watercoloring it, and just drew myself. And I'm now realizing I didn't put ears on myself, <laughs> but I don't think I had ears in the photo. I have to kind of look at it and see. Um, if, if I did, then it were like a little bit of ears, and maybe you can say that it was ears somewhere in there, but. <clears throat> You know, maybe I went like double Van Gogh on my painting, no ears. But, um, you know, I basically took my cell phone, I snapped a quick picture of myself, a quick selfie, and just zoomed it out, set it down, and I just started sketching myself. Um, because I wanted to have a look of, you know, who I am, and how do I really look, and how do I really see myself. Um, and, you know, the image that came back you know, it, it was really, it, it was good to, for me to see it and think, well, you know, this isn't half bad. I, I like it. It looks good. It's beautiful. And then, you know, I'd get confirmation from other people. They'd see it like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's so great. And, you know, maybe because they're on ayahuasca, so they're a little cuckoo. But <laughs> we're all insane. It's the, we're all crazy. It's the same ones you got to worry about, folks. But yeah, everyone came back and they thought it was such a great, you know, thing and great image and inspiring, you know, for them to do things. And, um, you know, it really kind of touched me and inspired me where, like I said, I want to do more of this. I want to, you know, not only do more ceremonies, there's a ceremony happening here in the area next month. Um, I haven't really broken this news yet, but I am 99.9% .9 on the idea of sticking around this area at least another month, just so that for no other reason I can do the ceremony. Um, I have a couple of interviews actually set for tomorrow, which maybe I'll wait to post this a day or so, but yeah, you know, interview set and, um, I want to, you know, get some sort of job here where I have an excuse to stick around and work. Um, and I have some friends that I've spoken with, you know, uh, or even potential roommates in the area, all that. So things that I can do to make changes in life in a positive manner. But yeah, I definitely want to be here for ceremony. Um, and I also kind of want to be in state for Thanksgiving. 
Um, you know, I want to give at least the idea of the family Thanksgiving one more try. So, yeah, I do want to stick around for that. And, you know, with that being said, yeah, I'm looking at the ceremony next month, you know, coming up with that there. But, you know, really it became a thing more of I want to be able to, you know, explore myself more and explore, you know, these possibilities and these medicines more. Um, but also explore myself outside of the medicines. You know, obviously you can't drink ayahuasca every day. It'd be nice if you could. Um, just like you really can't smoke pot every day. Trust me, I've tried. It's like, you, you know, there's so many things you can't do every day. So, you know, I want to be able to explore, you know, the medicine sides of things, but I also want to be able to explore, you know, the art without, you know, and see if, you know, there's going to be art that comes up and uh, work with the dreams a bit more and see, hey, you know what, will there be dreams that populate in my mind, you know, over the next few days, weeks, months, um, days and weeks especially, you know, to prepare for next ceremony. Uh, can I give myself some time, you know what, I'll have, you know, it's pretty much a month away before the next one, so... Um, you know, have some time to see, hey, you know what, can I break away from a bit of the bad habits more? Um, you know, try out doing a few of these other things, try a few of these new techniques. And hopefully, you know, in the next month, you know, when, when it comes time to do ceremony again, I'm ready, I'm a bit more prepared. Maybe there will be more of those crazy visions, walk with God type of situations, whatever, you know. Um, you know, because ideally you purify your body more, you get away from different things more, and the medicine can work with you more. Um, you know, so what kind of standpoint, what kind of part can I take here? You know, so yeah, I definitely want to, you know, explore this a bit more within my next month and just explore me a bit more within my next month. Um... And just be able to trust myself more in this next month here. I think that's going to be a really important thing is gaining that sense of confidence, that sense of trust, you know, within myself. Um, you know, am I able to uh, put forth an effort in doing art and doing music and doing the things that bring me joy in life? You know, find these things that bring joy. Um, am I able to deepen myself in my Qigong practice? Deepen myself in, you know, just whatever I'm doing. Deepen myself more in religion, um, spirituality. Hey, you know, I got to get away from the idea of religion, but spirituality. You know, one thing that I can say I did this weekend, I didn't really do a lot of before. I read a lot of the Bible. Uh, read a lot of Bible. You know, because hey, you don't want to just spend all your time scrolling on Facebook while you're working with my ayahuasca. So why not? So I read the book of Job. I spent, yeah, I spent Saturday reading the book of Job. Saturday apparently was think about your life choices day according to the year of daily things calendar, whatever. Um, I'd have to look at the exact name of that. But think about your life day was Saturday. And part of my life thought has been, you know, the trials and things that I've gone through in my life. Um, evaluate your life day, yes. So I spent some time reading the book of Job. Um, the entire book. There's 42 chapters in it. 
And, you know, I admit that a lot of it kind of gets speed read through because, you know, I can read kind of quickly. Um, it's a book that I've read before, so, you know, I know the basic story and everything. Um, but, yeah, I went through the 42 chapters of that. And I also went through and I found my, um, I'll say it, my favorite verse, my favorite chapter of the Bible. Um, out of the book of Lamentations, chapter 5. <sighs> Um, and I read that also, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, I had the full understanding of that. I read that one a bit more slowly because it wasn't a full book. Um, I made a point of highlighting the verse and making a little image of the verse and everything because, you know, I wanted to have that sort of connection there because there's really two things that I felt tied to within my time. Um, one being Job, you know, one being that sort of you know, spirit and um, thought of the person who's been through hell and back. You know, I can say over the past few years, I did a, I know I did a uh, video on this, your Job moment in life, um, where you have these trials, tribulations, you know, you have these things that go wrong in your life and you start to doubt everything. You start to get angry at everything. You start to worry about everything. Um, and I've definitely have had that over the past few years. You know, I definitely have been through my share. And I definitely have had the Job moment, in a sense. Um, but Lamentations kind of hit me a bit more because yeah, Lamentations is from a prophet where he, I think it's Prophet Jeremiah. And he's, you know, in the first four books of the, first four chapters of the book, He's, you know, talking about how bad this land is, you know, whatever, blah, 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 you know, telling people they're bad, they need to turn back to God, turn back to God, whatever, blah, 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 right? You know, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. And in chapter five, it's more of a song. It's a uh, psalm, song that he's singing. And he's like, wow, you know, oh, this place is pretty horrible, but God's still incredible, basically, you know? Um... Yeah, just the one verse that really kind of struck me, you know, struck me as a kid, I can remember, and it still strikes me today. Verse 21, uh, I'll see if I can give like a quick and non-King James, but still kind of King James version. Turn us back to thee, O Lord, and we shall be returned, renewed of our days of old. Um, you know, the idea being that We've gotten so far away in our lives right now. You know, we've gotten into our, you know, selves a bit more. We've gotten into, you know, just believing what drunk Uncle Steve has to say. So if drunk Uncle Steve says that the earth is flat and vaccines cause cancer and, you know, the government's out to kill you and... The moon landing was fake and whatever other conspiracy theory of the week you want to buy into. Um, we've gotten into drunk Uncle Steve saying that Muslims are bad and Mexicans are bad and gays are bad and blacks are bad and whites are bad. and Everybody's bad but them. Um, <laughs> so we got into this whole drunk Uncle Steve thing where we believe drunk Uncle Steve more than anything else. I like Drunk Uncle Steve because, you know, it's just a good name to put it as, you know, like, really, you're believing Drunk Uncle Steve stuff? Okay. But we've gotten to this Drunk Uncle Steve mode where we believe any and everything except for what's right in front of us. 
what's right in front of us is truth. What's right in front of us is the answer. You know, if you want to call that Christ, there's your answer. If you want to call that Buddha, there's your answer. If you want to call that ayahuasca, there's your answer. <laughs> and if you have a problem with any of those, go drink some ayahuasca and you can sit down with Christ and Buddha and they'll show you that there's your answer. It's been sitting in front of you the entire time. So, yeah, I, I really got into that. And I really got into a bit of Bible reading, as I said. And, you know, in a sense, turning back towards Lord, you know. So I'm hoping to be renewed of those days of old. You know, those days of old being, you know, days where I was actually happy, where I was actually joyful, where I was actually content, where I wasn't constantly stressed out about everything, where I was confident that things would work out, where even if something was my fault, I knew that I could, you know, repair the damage, uh, where, you know, I could be good, you know, and I could actually be good at my life again. I could be happy with my life again, where... You know, something would come up and I wasn't sitting here thinking, man, I really don't want to do that. And you're not going to listen anyway, even when I tell you I don't want to do that. Man, I'd rather put a bullet through my head than do that. Let's get away from that part. Let's get back to the days of old where Derek's happy again. Where Derek's just, you know what? I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I love you. I'm not going to do it. I love you. I'm not going to do it. I love you, I'm not going to do it. Whatever you, I love you, I'm not going to do it. I love you, I'm not going to do it. You know? Get back to those days of old. That's the really important thing that we have to remember right now. Get back to who we were. Get back to, you know, what we were before the pain, before the trauma, before the hurt, before the jealousy, before the whatever, the addictions, the, you know, bad decisions, before the debt creeps in, you know, before the doubt creeps in. You know, before the people who want to take you and mold you into their image. Um, there's two bottles of hair dye back in my closet there. And, you know, of course, Sane Me is remembering, yes, you have a job interview tomorrow. In fact, you have two job interviews tomorrow. Probably not the best idea to go, you know, dye your hair a combination of red and blue. But if that's who I am is red and blue hair, so be it. You know, if who I am is a beard, then so be it. If who I am is headphones because I want to play music and DJ, so be it. Or if I want to play piano, or if I want to play drums, or if I want to create art, so be it. You know, get back to this person, the happy person. Get back to the person who creates stuff. All right? You know, so th th that's really the thing. You know, turn me back into that. You know, please. God, Jesus, Jehovah, Buddha, Allah, whoever you want to call yourself. Insert your favorite deity name here. Turn me back into myself where I am happy the way I was before. I'll skip verse 22, you know, because I don't want to believe that God's really angry with us, whatever. Turn me back into that person of old. That's, you know, that's going to be the prayer, you know, today. And I, I can say that. And then I can be like, you know what, Derek? You just sat with God, Jesus, Buddha, Allah, Jehovah, Krishna, Gaia, whoever else. You just sat there 
and they showed you that it's really inside of you. It's been inside of you all along. You have been this person all along. You've been happy all along. And you just have to go back and find that person there. Okay? You can beg all you want. Really, it's inside of you. So, I, I'm happy to have that. I'm really happy to have that sort of moment of clarity there. Um, and I can just hope to keep that clarity for as long as humanly possible. Um, and if I, you know, if I ever start to lose it, then sign me up for another ceremony. And if I can't get to a ceremony, then Darwin gave me two CDs that I can go pop in the CD player and put on. And you know what? I got more pages in the pad that I can sketch on. And I got more pages over here in the other pad that I can write in and tell all of my problems to and my worries and my goals and my futures and work on things. You know, I have homework. And I can do my homework and I can successfully do my homework with confidence that I can get it done. I can turn myself back into that person. Um, and that's really what, you know, the message of ayahuasca, I believe, is, at least for me, is just giving me the confidence and the knowledge that I can become that person again. So, yeah, that is, um, that's my journey. That's my experience. And um, I'd say if you are interested in taking a journey like this, um, you know, and if you don't know a shaman by any chance, or you don't happen to have the money, you know, and the time and everything to go to South America, call me, email me, message me, whatever. I'll find you someone, you know. If I need to find you, you know, whatever, great. I'll find that for you. Um, wherever you're at, you know, I'll give you whatever tips. And if I can't give you the tips, then I will give you a song to listen to or a breathing exercise. I'll give you a Qigong meditation to do until you can get there. You know, and if, if I just need to write, you got this a thousand times over and over and send it in the mailbox to you, I'll do that, you know? But take that time, you know, find someone, you know, and, and really that's the thing. It is, you know, it goes back to even the podcast from before. If you have a problem, reach out, ask for help, you know, and find those people you can ask for help. I need it to, you know, ask myself. I need it to ask God. I need it to ask my spiritual family, my spiritual team here, you know, for that help. And I believe that I've received that. Um, you know, so, and I'm so grateful for the people involved, you know, for getting me into this. Um, so grateful to have the opportunity to be able to experience this. I, you know, I recommend it five stars out of five, 10 stars out of 10, two thumbs up, you know, four thumbs up if I had four, um, eight barks, whatever you want to, you know, count. I re totally recommend it. It's, you know, I'd say probably there are a few experiences in my life that have been not only life-changing, but life-saving. I would say water, drinking what like replacing every single, let me have a sip right now, every single drop of booze, drop of sweet tea. I had green tea all weekend, unsweetened, and it was like the best tasting stuff in the world because it's like hot water. Mm. But water has been life-changing and life-saving. I'm now down 60 pounds. Water. I would say Qigong. 
giving me that meditation, giving me that movement, giving me that mindfulness of the day. You know, even if it's only for eight minutes with Li Hu, Qigong, art, this saves my life, okay? This saves my life. This saves my life, okay? I can go pull a dozen of them off a wall, but like, yeah, that's been so important for saving my life. Art, music, being able to, especially being able to give voice lessons again, give music lessons again. Um, so music has been a big thing. And, you know, I, you know, spirituality, you know, having that relationship with God, having that relationship with, you know, our creator. And ayahuasca, just having that sort of, you know, freedom to be able to express and explore. So, Shamanic Innovations, thank you for listening.